Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is Monday, May 1st, 2023. So as we do each week, let's begin with a brief moment of silence to connect with Triangles workers throughout the world, followed by a sounding of the noontime recollection. We know, O Lord, of life and love about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. So our work together in this planetary service of triangles takes on perhaps a deepened meaning as we are working now within the higher interlude period of the spiritual year, the high point of the Aries and the upcoming Taurus followed by the culminating Gemini full moon. So we're working now within the preparatory period for WESAC, which occurs this Friday uh, in New York at 1.34 p.m. And we're fortunate to have it exact time, this exact time meeting as part of the annual Arcane School Conference. And we invite you all to join with us. And we'll put the link in the chat box where you can find out more information about the meeting and the subsequent two days of the Arcane School Conference from 2 to 5 p.m which is open to anybody who's interested. If you're able to make it to New York, that would be great. And if not, you can join in through Zoom or link up subjectively. So it's our one time in the year uh, when Arcane School students can take the opportunity to work together with the energies, the potent energies of, of the Waysack Festival. And so it's a, it's a powerful opportunity. And so our work in triangles, as I said, is likewise stimulated at this time of year. Um, it's a good time to form more triangles because the more triangles we have, the more um, strengthened is the planetary network by workers on all the different ray lines, all the different uh, auric emanations which combine together to make a potent channel whereby the spiritual hierarchy of the planet can send forth their energies to help in the upliftment and the healing of planet Earth, taking it one step closer to the eventual long-term goal of making our planet a sacred planet. So triangles is a simple visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform planetary consciousness. You link up with two other partners who agree to link with you every day subjectively and 
as a triangle of light, and then you place your triangle within the larger framework of the planetary network of triangles. And as the network is visualized, we sound the great invocation, which is a powerful world prayer that is a perfect vehicle for the release of the energies of light, love, and power that can reach out and touch all open hearts and minds. And this work need only take a few minutes each day, and it can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. So it's, a, as I said, a good time to reach out. The energies are electric in the planetary etheric web, which will make people more open to the idea of triangles. Um, we can't imagine how many people really believe in the power of thought. And so reaching out to them, encouraging them to find out more about triangles is a wonderful opportunity at this time of year. And again, if you ever need uh, in your outreach purposes, any need any information, postcards, great invocation cards, triangles cards, triangles pins, pamphlets describing the work of triangles, the triangles bulletin, all of these materials are valuable assets in helping to educate others about the work of triangles. So if you need any of this, uh, these materials, please put your name in the chat box and we'll be more than happy to send them to you. So as we do each week, we have a guest and this week we're fortunate to have two returning special guests, Dot Maber and Wendy Thompson, who are both longtime students of the Ageless Wisdom and co-founders of Global Silent Minute. And so they will be sharing some thoughts about the power of invocation and the particular power of using the great invocation at this time. And we'll then share some thoughts together about the upcoming Resect Festival. So we really look forward to hearing from Dot and Wendy. And so now as we do each week, let's work together with a brief visualization. Visualizing the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. And within that sphere, we'll work now with uniting the planetary triangle, the three powerful planetary centers of the planetary head center, Shambhala, the center of the spiritual will, the heart center of the planet, the spiritual hierarchy, and the planetary throat center, the center of creative intelligence, the center of humanity. And visualize each point on this triangle as a sphere, each of these centers as a sphere of pulsating lighted energies. And visualize those energies moving around the triangle, filling it with light.
And now superimposed at the center of that triangle, visualize a five-pointed star, an indigo star, the star of the world teacher. Linking east and west, past and future, radiating the energies of love wisdom. Now, as we breathe in and visualize all of the centers coming into one, as we invoke the spiritual will of the group, and we stand now within the sphere of the new group of world servers, a sphere composed of many points of light, radiating stars of lighted energy. And from the center of the sphere, we look down to the planet Earth, see its light and aspiration. And as a group, we breathe in and visualize this light, projecting it towards the spiritual hierarchy. And then in reciprocal response from the higher centers, we visualize this light pouring down into the new group and being released through the entire planet, circulating, releasing light and love to all parts of our planet. Seeing the planet as a sacred planet And linking again with the spiritual hierarchy, we sound the mantra, the invocation of light. Radiance are we in power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. So as we know, WESAC is part of an axis in our zodiacal wheel because all signs are essentially dual as we merge and blend with the opposite. 
So this now, this Vesak energy is working with the axis of Taurus and Scorpio. And this axis is intimately related and in fact governs the work of the new group of world servers, that emerging planetary center, which is increasingly playing such a powerful role in this Vesak festival because if the group is governed by the potent sign of enlightenment, Taurus, which we are told it is, and Scorpio is the preeminent sign of discipleship, we can see how during this Taurus full moon period, the group is charged increasingly as the years go by with a fuller sense of responsibility in doing what we can as a group to provide the bridge whereby the potent energies emanating from the highest center Shambhala can be released through the group. And there's a sense by some that perhaps the keynote of Taurus, the keynote, excuse me, of Waisak has changed. The Tibetan indicated that this would be the case as the decades went on. So the keynote would change. He didn't say what it would change to. He didn't say how it would change, but he did indicate in a number of passages that the Buddha has a different role, a different calling that he will one day have to return to and that his many centuries returning to that sacred valley in the Himalayas each year at the exact time of the full moon would shift and he would move on to other responsibilities. And there is a sense, it was said that that would, uh, that keynote would perhaps change in 81, quite a few years back. And so there is a sense that by now, um, it may be as a result of the perhaps the last um, festival week of the new group of world servers in December of 2019 um, that there was such a strengthening due to planetary alignment and due to the growing potency of the group itself that perhaps the new group of world servers is now taking on um, more of the responsibility in this Waysak festival. And so we might conjecture that now the Buddha has moved on to a fuller responsibility in his work of overshadowing the Christ as part of that triangle of the Buddha, the spirit of peace, and the avatar of synthesis. That if this has occurred, then the energies are perhaps received direct from the Father, from the highest center, from the Logos, direct to the Christ and to the assembled hierarchy. And then through that means to a first-ray disciple at Waysak, the Tibetan says that the energies will be released through a first-ray disciple in every land. And then the energies held by the Christ and to the extent that we can participate in this month-long interlude period, then at the Gemini full moon, one month from now, 
the energies will be released through a second ray disciple in each land. And so who knows, but that is a hypo hypothesis of a shift that may have been going on. And it's part of our responsibility to nonetheless, no matter what is happening, to hold our alignment and to take these days leading up till Friday at 1.34 p.m. to hold them in our minds and hearts as the Buddha did for so many centuries, holding the need of humanity, the need of humanity and the will of Shambhala and hierarchy to meet that need through the medium now of the new group of world servers. So for those of you who might want to do what you can to contribute towards helping to awaken the general public to the opportunity of Waysak, the Tibetan said there, no cost was too high to pay to be of service to humanity during the Waysak festival. So Lucis Trust in cooperation with Monadic Media has put together a brief video which we encourage you to share. Legend has it that at the exact time of the Taurus full moon, an unusual inflow of light and spiritual vitalization is released on the world from a sacred ceremony taking place in a hidden valley in the recesses of Tibet. For centuries, this festival known as Waisak has been associated with the Buddha, but it is in fact a living event, a supreme spiritual opportunity for all peoples to connect with the highest spiritual center upon the planet, the center where the will of God is known. In order to prepare for Waisak and this influx of the spiritual will, we're encouraged to cultivate an inner silence leading up to the exact time of the full moon. By uniting in consciousness and standing with others in silent, focused invocation, we can receive and transmit the potent forces of enlightenment into the minds and hearts of all humanity. Increasingly today, people of many different faiths and spiritual inclination are beginning to recognize the value of keeping the same holy days. This unity of effort creates a powerful pooling of spiritual resources and a united spiritual invocation which can evoke response from those beings who guide human evolution. Called by some the spiritual hierarchy, this band of enlightened individuals stand ever as a source of light and love, inspiring and stimulating all efforts that foster human and planetary upliftment and unity. Please join us in this group service on behalf of all humanity. So if you would like to contribute towards uh, awakening people to the Wesak Festival, we do encourage you to share the link in the chat. So now let's work together in our meditation.
integrating as a group, focusing upon the mental plane at the center of the even down cross of discipleship. Linking in thought as a soul, as a point of love and light with all people throughout the world who are working in the Triangles Meditation Group. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy and sound the affirmation of love. In the center of all love, I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group's soul, the heart of love which underlies and infuses the network. and lift the consciousness to the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. Now holding the alignment between your triangle, the group soul, the hierarchy. We hold the group mind open and receptive to the inpouring energy of love.
precipitation. Visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangle's network from point to point and flowing out through the network into the hearts and minds of people everywhere. Visualize the energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness, establishing right human relationships. Now projecting a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy, we sound together the mantra of unification. The sons of men are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. distribution, sounding the great invocation silently or aloud. And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, and as a channel through which light, love, and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. From the point of light, within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. 
let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. So now we're welcoming Dot and Wendy. Um, and um, Wendy, you're going to share your screen. So there you go. Mm. Thank you, Kathy. We're delighted to be with you, with everyone, to share thoughts about the great invocation and how important it is at this time as we approach WESAC. It's an intensely difficult time on the planet as we revisit so many issues humanity faced during the world wars. And while at that time evil was pushed back, the door was not fully sealed. And evil, which is basically the dominance of matter, combined with the negation of spiritual values, is quite active again on the planet with seeds of evil in every country. And the question we face is if it is possible to evoke at this time eternal good, calling in lives which would normally contact humanity in some far distant future, and thus hastening deepened spiritual contact in the present, the Tibetan states clearly, if this can be done, the evil past and the glorious future may perhaps be brought into contact in the unhappy present, and an event take place which will produce stupendous changes. Humanity faces a renewed opportunity right now 
in the immediate present. And we can make an immediate difference as a world group working together in cooperation with the spiritual hierarchy to assist with sealing the door where evil dwells and restoring the plan on earth. Specifically by using the great invocation in group unity with understanding and intention. Sounding the great invocation with the true spiritual love of the soul and with serious recognition of the will aspect, knowing that the secret of the will lies in the recognition of the divine nature of humanity. So we'll share our thoughts about the great invocation and then invite you, Kathy, to speak to the astrology of the moment and this opportunity uh, of the moment as we approach WESAC and we can talk about that a bit and then we'll close with all of us, everyone in the Zoom room, sounding the three stanzas of the great invocation in unity simultaneously. So in this talk, we'll revisit the three stanzas of the Great Invocation. We'll consider three purposes of the Great Invocation. And today, together as a group in the lead up to WISAC, we'll create unity in our intentional sounding of the Great Invocation from our identification within the three worlds, recognizing the will aspect, knowing that the secret of the will lies in the recognition of the divine nature of humanity. So the great invocation is a world or universal invocation that voices the destiny and plan for humanity in the Aquarian age. It is spoken of as Christ's own mantra and constitutes the new utterance for the coming 2,000-year epoch. It was given out in three stanzas over nine years, which included the earthly event of the second phase of the World War. So the first stanza was 1936, the second, 1940, and the third, 1945. Stanza one has been used ever since 1425 by the hierarchy, though the Tibetan says it's thousands of years older than that. Just imagine that, thousands of years older than that. Humanity was invited to cooperate with the hierarchy in using the Great Invocation last century, from, as we said, from 1936 onwards. The first stanza of the Great Invocation is as follows. Let the forces of light bring illumination to all mankind. Let the spirit of peace be spread abroad. May men of goodwill everywhere meet 
in the spirit of cooperation. May forgiveness on the part of all men be the keynote at this time. Let power attend the efforts of the great ones. So let it be and help us to do our part. We note the first stanza of the Great Invocation mentions the spirit of peace, that mysterious and divine entity with whom Christ came into touch 2,000 odd years ago and whose influence played through him at the time he earned the right to be called the Prince of Peace. The spirit of peace embodies and transmits the energy of peace, which is essentially the establishing of right human relations, of synthetic rapport with its resultant cooperation, of correct interplay between the three planetary centres and of an illumined, loving understanding of the will of God as it affects humanity and works out divine intent. Just as Christ used as his vehicle of expression on earth the form of the Master Jesus, so this great extraplanetary life, the spirit of peace, can be enabled on a higher turn of the spiral to use as his vehicle of expression the form of the Christ, the Prince of Peace. Thus, stupendous energies will be stepped down through the medium of the Lord of Love and become available to the mass of humanity. We'll come back to the spirit of peace, the embodiment of this energy of peace, in a moment. But suffice it to say that the first stanza of the Great Invocation was a call to the forces of light and love through the agency of the spirit of peace. Its outstanding note was and is this deep extraplanetary peace. So I now show a little clip that combines the words of the second stanza of the Great Invocation against a backdrop of Nicholas Rorick's paintings, knowing that art consciously imbued with psychic energy, the primary universal energy, transmits and exchanges that energy with the viewer, exchanges that energy with us now. Let the lords of liberation issue forth. Let them bring succor to the sons of men. Let the rider from the secret place come forth and coming save. Come forth, O mighty one. Let the souls of men awaken to the light and may they stand with massed intent. Let the fear of the Lord go forth. The end of woe has come. Come forth, O mighty one. The hour of service of the saving force has now arrived. Let it be spread abroad, O mighty one. Let light and love 
and power and death fulfill the purpose of the coming one. The will to save is here. The love to carry forth the work is widely spread abroad. The active aid of all who know the truth is also here. Come forth, O mighty one, and blend these three. Construct a great defending wall. The rule of evil now must end. Stanza two of the Great Invocation invited humanity to participate in progressing our evolutionary journey through invoking the lords of liberation who cannot be moved by prayer, demand and invocation alone. Behind any demand to the lords of liberation, we are told, must be an ideal of a newer freedom and a greater liberty for humanity. When the Lords of Liberation are reached by this demand, they will then issue forth the agency of one of them who will unify the energies of all three and so produce those conditions which will bring about effective and recognised freedom. In using its potent magnetic and invocative power, Humanity holds the key to open the door onto the physical plane for the Lords of Liberation and the rider on the white horse with the intention of identifying and anchoring greater dimensions of freedom for humanity. The Tibetan says that this stanza of the Great Invocation was not so popular and not nearly so easily understood, in part because it was intended to invoke the forces of life, just as stanza one invoked the forces of light and love. It could only successfully be used by disciples, advanced thinkers and the hierarchy itself. It was, however, given out to the public to familiarise them as far as possible with the concepts of freedom and life and in an effort to anchor on earth a new point of focus through which life could be made to flow. The Tibetans said that stanza three of the Great Invocation was difficult to translate into understandable and adequate phrases. It originated from seven very ancient word forms and translated constitutes the Christ's complete new utterance for the Aquarian age. This is the stanza that I suspect we're all familiar with and we will be sounding once again at the end of this session. In brief, stanza three acknowledges the impact of the synthetic anchoring of the three energies of light, love, and will on earth, closing the door where evil dwells and restoring the plan on earth. 
note the return of the Christ, who has never actually left the earth, has to be understood in terms of the externalization of the hierarchy and its exoteric appearance on earth. The sealing up of evil forces refers not to evil inclinations, selfish instincts and separativeness in the hearts and minds of human beings, which we are all responsible for eliminating, but rather the reduction to impotency of the unleashed forces of evil, which took and take advantage of the world situations. As we sound the great invocation at the end of the session, we do so aware also of the triangle of energy substanding the Christ. In addition to the spirit of peace mentioned in the first stanza, there is also the Buddha, the avatar of synthesis, and the avatar of synthesis completing the triangle of energies behind the Christ. There may be more, however, there are three key purposes of the Great Invocation. To reorient the consciousness of humanity, to stabilize itself in spiritual being, and open the door into the new age, thus ushering in new and better conditions. To facilitate alignment and right circulatory flow between the three centers of humanity, hierarchy, and Shambhala, and to enable the achievement of beauty of the human spirit. The beauty of the human spirit sits side by side with humanity's selfishness, cruelty, and inhumanity. Whilst both pictures are true, only the one of beauty is eternal, while the latter is transient. Further, humanity's effective use of the Great Invocation sets up a direct relationship with Shambhala. When it is rightly used and the world centres are consequently consciously interrelated, then certain extraplanetary energies can be called in by the ruler of Shambhala to aid in the readjustment required for the new age and its coming civilization. We know that synthesis is. Unity is created. The Tibetan says that if the inner kingdom of divine realities is to demonstrate upon earth it will come through the emergence of the inner synthesis on the physical plane. And this is brought about by vital recognition and expression of the realities and laws governing that kingdom. Or to put it another way, when we realise our true identity, we taste the reality of synthesis as we experience our unity within the three worlds because we live within them simultaneously. 
And the three worlds are the world of spirit, the world of the soul, and the world of personality. And streams of the ageless wisdom teachings assert that humanity is overly preoccupied with one particular world, the visible, the physical, the manifest world into which we incarnate. We're urged to loosen our identifications, attachments, preoccupations with this manifest world, to embrace a new equilibrium of living within the three worlds simultaneously. In this new equilibrium, the art of thinking is completely and consciously regenerated. It is where we find true peace, that is, living in right relationship with self, others, and all of life. It's where we find true peace that completely and consciously embraces its soul, its spirit, its soul, as well as how it works out in the manifest world. True peace is a triangle of relationships between the worlds, between the centres, between all of life. The one who embodies the deepest of this energy of peace, its spirit, the one invoked in the first stanza of the great invocation, the spirit of peace, is also called the spirit of equilibrium. So the spirit of peace equals the spirit of equilibrium. Peace equals equilibrium. Where is the unification of the three worlds experienced? In and through the heart. The heart is the unifier of the worlds. The heart is the organ of synthesis. The Christ we know is referred to as the Prince of Peace. What if we think of the Christ as the Prince of Equilibrium, who is working to bring this new balance in Aquarius to the interplay between Shambhala, hierarchy and humanity? When we sound the Christ mantra identified within the heart, where we experience the unification of the world, we experience the peace of right human relations, the peace of synthetic rapport with its resultant cooperation, the peace of correct interplay between the three planetary centers. We experience the equilibrium of right human relations, the equilibrium of synthetic rapport with its resultant cooperation, the equilibrium 
of correct interplay between the three planetary centres. We experience the fire or spirit of peace as transmitted by the Prince of Peace from this great extraplanetary life, the spirit of peace. As we bring this fire of peace, this dynamic equilibrium to our cooperation within the three worlds, as we reorient our consciousness to stabilise in spiritual being and thus open the door into the Aquarian age, as we facilitate alignment and right circulatory flow between the three centres of humanity, hierarchy and Shambhala, as we recognise the eternal beauty of the human spirit, knowing that the secret of the will lies in the recognition of this divine nature of humanity. As we approach the Wisak Solar Festival, let us intentionally invoke this true recognition of our divine nature and purpose. Hmm. So, Kathy, will you share a few thoughts about the astrology of the moment as we approach WESAC? And of course, we know this includes a bigger picture as we are also approaching 2025. Yeah, I love this image. Thank you so much, uh, Wendy and Dot, for your presentations. Um, yes, as we mentioned earlier, Taurus is the qualifying energy of this time. And so, as we know, in the esoteric teachings, we try to approach uh, the energies of the signs from a, a different perspective than the ordinarily established understanding of the signs. And so we have to look, you know, at the symbols, look at the, um, the keynote for the signs, look at how we can bridge between them and merge with the opposite sign. That All those rather simple techniques um, to state, but not so easy to truly understand. They give us a deepened understanding. And we know esoterically that there are different rulers. Exoterically, we have Venus, which rules Taurus from an outer perspective. But we have to blend that energy with the esoteric and the hierarchical rulers, which are, in this case, the planet Vulcan, the sacred first ray planet, which is rather mysterious because it hasn't yet been officially recognized. But in a sense, we can say it has been discovered because numerous uh, amateur astronomers and great great astronomers, I believe it was uh, Galileo, had sightings of, of um, this mysterious planet that resides between the sun and Mercury 
it can be seen on certain eclipse times. I'm, I believe that's the case. And since we are in a potent eclipse time, let's hold out the possibility that under the influence of Wesak, um, that our discovery will be made of this planet. And it really, when a planet is discovered, it's a recognition that humanity has unfolded a new understanding. And if we think of Vulcan as the soul itself, which the Tibetan does describe it that way in one instance, um, we can see how increasing numbers of the human kingdom are beginning to understand and merge with their soul. So it seems like a good time for Vulcan to be discovered. Um, but if we want to look, just take a brief look at this, the actual chart for the moment of uh, the Waysack full moon set for New York City. We see a, um, it's a full moon, of course. We always know that the sun is exactly opposite to the moon sign. So we see this moon in Scorpio uh, in its position of fall, which is a very powerful position for those who are heading towards the end of the discipleship path and moving towards the path of initiation. And we know there are such individuals working behind the scenes in the new group of world servers. So this uh, energy of the moon in Scorpio really can bring a deepening for all such workers and for, of course, for the hierarchy itself. And the sun there in the ninth house conjoined Uranus and Mercury and the North Node. We can see, um, and Jupiter is also there. So it's a powerful ninth house um, alignment here for New York at the exact moment of Waysack the ninth house being the house of the higher mind. And so this third house, ninth house axis, sometimes esoterically we can look to that as a representation of the Antakarana bridge. So we might hypothesize that the new group of world servers, particularly those who stand within the heart center can utilize uh, this alignment working with the New York Center being the central point of the five planetary centers, the center that lights the way at the exact time of Waysak, this Antakarana bridge, linking the lower concrete mind with the soul and the higher mind can serve to project the group more fully into that valley in alignment with the Christ and stand uh, fortifying the outpost of the spiritual hierarchy and working to distribute these powerful inflowing first ray energies to all of the countries of the world. And just one other point that caught my attention when looking at this chart is that the rising sign is exactly aligned with the great royal star Regulus, which is the heart of the lion, which is such a powerful um, energy. We know that the rising degree is where the soul can transmit its purposes. So I think that it's just a powerful point to 
consider and I'm sure it was nothing is ever random. These events are all preordained. And so there has to be some real significance to Regulus being stimulated, perhaps linking this event to, to Leo, to the Leo festival in August, knowing that with the shifts in Waysac, I think we can see the Christ, uh, the Christ festival and the Leo festival becoming perhaps the preeminent festivals uh, moving into the new age. And so perhaps this heart of the lion being conjoined, this ascendant here is giving some impetus to the uh, upcoming Leo festival. So I don't know if you, either of you have anything you'd like to share in relation to astrology of the moment. Mm, that's beautiful and powerful, Kathy, as always. I appreciate your insights always. And uh, so as we spoke, the three of us the other day too, it seemed obvious then that there's a link to Sirius yeah. with this WESEC. And that seems so powerful as we think about freedom and liberation yeah. and what's happening on the planet right now. Yeah, because as you know, the Leo Festival is increasingly known as the Sirius, Festival of Sirius. Mm. And the Tibetan does indicate in a not too veiled uh, passage that likewise the Gemini Festival is also overshadowed by the great star Sirius. So yeah, it does seem that the Christ will work powerfully with those energies and with this course this way second this particularly auspicious rising sign here mm, yeah beautiful so i'll just read what isabel put in the uh chat uh before we come to a close sounding together the three stanzas um she says regulus the lawgiver the law from Sirius. Thank you, Kathy, for these insights on the chart of WESAC. The heart stands wide open. The mind receives and distributes into action. Yeah, that's beautiful. The law is highlighted at this time in planetary history, we're told, with the influence of Libra, the growing influence. And that is really what can be the saving grace for the human race is when we come more fully under the influence of spiritual law, divine law. And we'll be highlighting one of the laws of the soul at our upcoming Arcane School Conference this weekend, uh, the law of sacrifice. So um, we ho hope all of you can attend. And now let's move into our great invocations. Mm -hmm. Okay, and as we do this, we sound the stanzas of the great invocations as a demand, not a prayer, with clarity, understanding, and intention. Uh, we sound them with a recognition of the right circulatory flow between Shambhala, hierarchy, and humanity, and from our true divine identity, inclusive of spirit, soul, and personality, and with true spiritual love and recognition of the will aspect, knowing that the secret of the will 
lies in the recognition of the divine nature of humanity. And Wendy, I'm just going to, I think it's best if one person sounds these invocations and we'll all link with you in order to keep the sound uh, audible for all. So I'm going to mute myself. Thanks. Stanza one, let the forces of light bring illumination to all mankind. Let the spirit of peace be spread abroad. May men of goodwill everywhere meet in the spirit of cooperation. May forgiveness on the part of all men be the keynote at this time. Let power attend the efforts of the great ones. So let it be and help us to do our part. Stanza two. Let the lords of liberation issue forth. Let them bring succor to the sons of men. Let the rider from the secret place come forth and coming save. Come forth, O mighty one. Let the souls of men awaken to the light and may they stand with massed intent. Let the fear of the Lord go forth. The end of woe has come. Come forth, O mighty one. The hour of service of the saving force has now arrived. Let it be spread abroad, O mighty one. Let light and love and power and death fulfill the purpose of the coming one. The will to save is here. The love to carry forth the work is widely spread abroad. The active aid of all who knows the truth is also here. Come forth, O mighty one, and blend these three. Construct a great defending wall. The rule of evil now must end. Stanza three. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the centre where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the centre which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Oh. Oh.
Thank you so much, Dot and Wendy. And thank all of you for your focused attention. And let's work together preparing for the upcoming festival. Thank you.